0: morning and testing one, two, three. Good morning. Good morning. Jesus' name. Good morning to you. This is Monday morning, March 15th. Welcome to another uh, live stream of our daily word and prayer, where we've been talking about who we are in Christ, our identity in Christ. I hope you had a great weekend. Hope you had a wonderful time in church, and I hope that you're ready for a great weekend today as we walk with the Lord and uh, walk in his victory and his triumph. Of course, all we've been learning here is not just with the intention of Of uh, understanding some sort of theology. It's to be practical and to be a life giving theology for us, and that we would live in light of these vital, vital truths. One of the more common questions I'm asked on campus is this Tom, do you believe in once saved, always saved? Uh, It's a catchy phrase that many people believe and have used and taught that addresses the idea of can you lose your salvation? Once a person has come to Christ, is it possible for them to not, to ever lose that salvation? The question's usually asked for one of three reasons. It's usually asked because someone knows somebody that they thought for sure was saved, and now they've fallen into sin. Sometimes it's asked from some, because of someone they thought for sure was saved, and now they're not following Christ at all. I mean, not only did they fall into a sin, a particular sin. The first first case, falling into a particular sin, that they re, that, you know that now they're sorry, they repented. They they only did it one time, and they ask, well, did they lose their salvation when they did that? The second case would be when they uh, they don't repent. They're still living in sin. Their their heart has grown cold towards God. They're just falling away. They just don't go to church. They're not interested in things, the Bible, or anything, and they're running with the crowd of sinful people. And you wonder, well, boy, are they saved? They they were so saved before. Are they saved now? And the third is an even harder one, and that is, well, what about the person who once really seemed on fire for God, and now they are they reject God. They they are. At enmity with God, uh, they they may come right out. Like I had a close friend who, my goodness, was a very close friend and a very a comrade with the Lord, a brother in Christ. So I believed, and he got to the point where uh, he he literally said, "Tom, I do not believe in God. I do not believe Jesus is the Son of God. I do not believe." He rose from the dead. I do not believe he died for I mean, he just he just went right through our theology and directly repudiated all of it. Well, that guy, was he saved? Is he saved now? These are questions I get asked. It's usually not so much because of asking for themselves, it's usually asking because of someone else, and because someone they looked up to and thought for sure was a Christian and fell in, either fell into sin. Grew cold towards God or outright denied Him, uh, shook their faith, shook their confidence. Well, what about me? What if could this happen to me? Could I fall away the way I'm concerned for this person? But also, could it happen to me? So, I'd like to just address this briefly today, and uh, and say that the Scripture seems to teach this. It seems to teach that you, when you come to Christ and are saved. You can have assurance that you really are saved, and you're going to be faithful. You're going to hold on to that, and you have eternal life, and will indeed go to heaven one day with the Lord. But it also gives some stern warnings, and uh, and to not fall away, and to continue believing, and not to believe in vain. Let's look at a couple of these real quick. Number one, on the positive side, can you be positive? We we've discussed the 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 concept the theological teaching of justification. Remember, justification doesn't mean that God gives you a clean slate. It means that God gives you the righteousness of Christ. It doesn't mean he just took away your sins and forgave, forgave your past and lets you start over again and put you kind of like where Adam was in the garden. No, it means that God has has the great exchange. God took away your sin and gave you the righteousness of Christ. Hear the language of Romans, um, Romans chapter 8, Beginning with verse twenty nine, for those whom God foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his Son, so that he would be the firstborn among many brethren and among many brethren, and those whom he predestined he also called, and those whom he called he also justified, and those whom he justified he also glorified interesting, isn't it? These words, these theological words of, of predestination, calling, justification, glorification, Paul speaks about these. These are referred to us, and he speaks about them in the past tense. He doesn't say these will happen, but he's telling us now that we are justified. We've been given the righteousness of Christ. And he even says we are glorified this perspective it sees it sees salvation it's not an accident that you know god offered salvation i kind of took him up on it but god is involved in our salvation god is involved in bringing us to him he's involved in 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 choosing us predestining us calling us and and if we have responded if you have faith in jesus christ it wasn't because you were you know somehow better or the offer was out there and you decided to take up on it that's certainly a part of it but it wouldn't have happened if God had not called you and predestined you and been working in your life and and brought you to this place. Your salvation is not 100% on your shoulders at all. God has brought you. God has called you. God has predestined you. And he's put you in this place of, of, of where you can know that, that your salvation was something that God is involved in. And, and he speaks of it there in the past tense. And we should realize you are already justified. Past tense. It's not a promise for the future. It's something you currently possess. Well, secondly, Jesus promised. That's that's the teaching Paul gave in Romans. But Jesus promised that we have what? Eternal life. He didn't say someday you'll get eternal life. In John chapter 5, verse 24, he says this Jesus himself says, He who has my words, he who hears my words, and believes in him who sent me, has eternal life that's present tense. he has eternal life and shall not come into judgment but is passed out of death into life past tense. if you have eternal life how long is that going to last? it's not gonna it's not going to start someday in the future you currently have it and it's not going to you know last for for a few years it's eternal. you have eternal life. you have passed from death into life. In John 10, he says again that he gives his sheep, hear his voice, he gives his sheep eternal life. And then verse 29, he says, the father is stronger than all and no one is able to pluck us out of the father's hand. And you can have that assurance, that confidence. The devil can't pull you out. Someone else can't pull you out. You might even be one of those no ones that can pull you out. No one can pluck you out of the Father's hand, and he's stronger than any adversary. So we can have this confidence. In Ephesians 1, it says that we've been given the Holy Spirit, verse 13 and 14. We've been given the Holy Spirit. All who believe have been given the Holy Spirit as a down payment of the redemption, the salvation that is to come. And so the Spirit of God in us, this third evidence, the Spirit of God in us is a living testimony, or he's a down payment. It's like if you're going to buy a house and you put down a down payment with the contract, just as, as your assurance that you're serious about this, you're going to follow through on it. God has given us the down payment of the Holy Spirit as his assurance that he's going to bring us all the way. He's going to finish what he began and bring us all the way to glory. So these are verses that can give us great confidence in our personal walk with God, that we're not going to fall away, that God is involved in our salvation, that God is, God called us, God justified us, God gave us eternal life, and God's going to complete what he began. On the other hand, there are verses that do warn us that we must hold fast to the faith lest we believed in vain. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 2 is when Paul gives us the gospel. He says, I this is of most importance. I delivered up to you. And, and this is what you believe. And this is by what you're saved by, unless you believe in if you hold fast, unless you believe in vain. And this concept of holding fast to the gospel, or holding on to the gospel, is taught, and holding on to Christ is taught in several places. We have Romans 11, 22 talks about we're saved by the kindness of God if we hold on to the kindness of God, if we continue in the kindness of God. The book of Hebrews is a major book because what was happening here is Jews who had come to Christ were, were now being kicked out of the synagogue and were being persecuted terribly, and some of them were going back into the synagogue, and to do so, they repudiated Christ. As a matter of fact, To get back in, they had to, uh, as I understand it, they they had to bring a blood-soaked fabric of some sort and step on it in order to get back into the synagogue. And this signified they were stepping on or trouncing over or denying the blood of Christ shed for them, the death of Christ on the cross. And so they were warned about uh, falling away as well in in chapter 3, verses 6 and 14. And in chapter 10 and chapter 6 of Hebrews, we see that, you know, the strong warnings about not falling away. And if you do, you can't be renewed repentance and so on. Again, this is talking about people who would have claimed to be Christians, but now have absolutely repudiated the faith. They've denied it. They've rejected Christ. This wasn't they fell into a sin. This wasn't that they even grew cold towards God. This was they repudiated The Christian faith. They repudiated Jesus Christ. They denied him and publicly put him to open shame. So, what's what's the answer here? Can you do I believe once saved, always saved? I believe how this all works together is if you are truly saved, you will persevere. The perseverance is evidence that you had saving faith is it possible to believe something and it's not really saving faith? Yeah. It's possible. In my testimony, I've talked about how I believed in my head, but not in my heart. Like Romans 10, 9 and 10 says, it's with the heart man believes. Is it possible to, to uh, affirm certain information that you think to be true, and yet you really haven't trusted Christ as your Savior and Lord? Absolutely. Is it possible to truly trust Christ and fall away from the faith fall into sin and need to be saved again? I don't believe so. God is involved in in maintaining you. God is involved in protecting you. God is involved in... God God helped you have that faith in the first place. He called you and predestined you, and God's going to watch over guard you. Nothing is more powerful than God, and he's got you in the palm of his hand. So what's the answer? The answer is for you, hang in there. Cultivate your faith be strong. Hang on to your faith. Don't believe in vain. Receive the warnings and let the warnings help you be um, uh, faithful. This teaching was never given so that we could could be lackadaisical and lazy in our faith. No, the teaching was given to give us assurance that what we're pouring our life into is not going to betray us in the end, that we really are believers. There really is reward it was given so that we assurance. You know, I think in, I think of a family relate or human relationships, like a husband and wife. If the wife is always concerned the husband is going to walk out on her and betray her, leave her. You know, that it's hard for her to really love him. Love him. She serves, she serves him and honors him out of fear that she might be in, be abandoned someday. It's very very different than if she knows she's loved. And in the midst of that love, she, she loves in return. You can have confidence in the love of God. You can have confidence in the salvation of Christ. You can have great confidence in this. And, and we, but we don't let that confidence and that assurance cause us to be lackadaisical. We don't let it cause us to say, oh, okay, I've got this salvation thing worked out. Don't need to worry about that anymore. I'll go on to other pursuits in life. No, we, we, we bask in it. We glory in it we let it feed our soul. God has accepted us. God has loved us. God has made us his own child. God has forgiven my sins. The most important things that could ever be in life, I've got them. They were God's gift to me by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. They're now mine. It's the greatest treasure possible, and I will guard it and protect it and nurture it and, and let it become fill my life that I'm accepted by God and loved by God, and I can have confidence this is the way I'm going to be the rest, not only the rest of my life, but the rest of eternity, because now I have eternal life. Amen? Let's go to prayer and thank God for this. Father in heaven, I thank you today for each one of us. I believe, Lord, I believe that we are justified, called, predestined, justified, even glorified. I believe, Lord, you have given us eternal life, not temporary life, not just something that's for a little while. You've given us something that will last forever. I believe, Lord, that we have passed out of death into life. We won't come into judgment. We won't be condemned because we have eternal life. And I thank you, Jesus. We give you all the glory for this. We, give you, we acknowledge our salvation, Lord. We were blind, lost, dead in our trespasses and sins. What could we do? Nothing. We could do nothing to save ourselves. No good works on our own, no inspiration on our own, no hope on our own. Nothing could have saved us. But while we were dead in our trespasses and sins, you made us alive in Christ. We thank you. We have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, this is a great treasure you've given us we we do want to carefully guard it. We do want to carefully nurture our faith. We do want to be careful not to believe in vain, not to fall away, not to not to allow our heart to grow cold to you. Lord, I pray for I and we've seen others do this, Lord. We've seen others that we thought for sure a person's saved and and time has shown they weren't. And and Lord, it rattles us. It it disturbs us, and we, we wonder, well, could that be me? And I want to thank you that we, we don't, you don't want us to judge ourselves by others, because we don't know what was really in their heart. We don't know what they... Only you know the hearts of men. Lord, we know in our heart, we as best we can, we've come to you. We've believed in you. We've trusted in you. We trust that no matter what happens to another, that our walk with you is something secure. Our relationship with you is something secure. You have saved us, and we're in the palm of your hand, and we thank you that no one can take us, no one's stronger than you, no one can pull us out of your hand. Lord, today we pray, I pray for each one of us, that we would be, like we, like we said earlier, nurturing that faith, guarding it. Lord, I pray that when disappointment comes into our life or, or an unanswered prayer or someone Uh, something happens that shakes us. Help us, Father, to freshly come to you and as our refuge, our strength, our high tower, our rock upon which we stand. Help us, Lord, when our faith is challenged or shaken to come to you and not run from you. Help us, Lord, to do the things we need to do to remain strong and faithful. Help us, Father, not neglect to be cultivating this walk with you. We do pray, Lord, for friends of ours who, whose hearts have grown cold towards you. And we were confident, Lord, they were saved. We pray for their repentance. We pray, Lord, whatever's pulled them away, again, if it was a discouragement, a disappointment, a bitterness, a root of bitterness, if it was uh, some sort of a moral failure, a sin they fell into, whatever it is, Lord, we ask that you would bring these people back to you. If they're really saved. If they are saved, if they have genuine faith in Christ, don't let them waste their life. Don't let them go in the wrong direction, Lord. Bring them back to you. We pray for them today. Release them from chains that Satan has bound them with. Release them from prisons that he's holding them in. Lord, uh, reignite their faith. Break, break, breakthrough. Put protection around them. Deliver them from evil, Lord. If they've gotten involved in in sinful habits or with the wrong people, deliver these people. Bring them back to you. If they're if they're really your children, bring them back. We pray, Lord. We we today ask these things. We are confident in you, Lord. We 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 thank you that we needn't fear that somehow we're gonna serve you all our life. And at the end, we might make a mistake and then it's all over and it was all in vain. We don't believe that, Lord. We believe that you're going to watch over us. Thank you. Thank you. We can be assured of your love today and we need not walk in fear. We need not walk in fear, Lord, that it's all in vain. We thank you. It's not. You will keep us faithful to the end. We believe that. We dedicate ourselves to that. We renew our faith today. Jesus, you're our savior. It's our deep desire to be faithful to the very end as we follow you with all of our heart. Today, Lord, we take this one day at a time. So today, use us, fill us with your spirit, with your joy, with assurance of our salvation, with the confidence that that you are our father. We are your child. You hear our prayer. You live in us by your spirit. You've made us a member of your body. You've bought us out of the slave market of sin and you've made us followers, slaves, servants, bond slaves, servants of our Lord Jesus Christ. We bless you today. We worship you. We make ourselves available today for your glory to be used by you to advance your kingdom, by our words, our deeds, whatever we do, to bring you glory. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name and bless you now. Amen. Amen and amen. God bless you. Be assured today of God's love for you. Don't don't live in an anxiety that someday he's going to reject you. That's not this concept. You can be confident in his love, confident in his salvation. And if you are confused by someone else, I understand that. I've been there too. But at times like that, remember, you don't know what was in another person's heart. So if, if some someone else falls away in a way that really disturbs you, you just go and say, God, I renew who I am with you. I renew my faith with you. That's never going to happen to me. All right, hey, God bless you. Thanks for joining me today. If you are new today, make sure you hit the subscribe, notify buttons, like the like the uh, live stream. Tell your friends what we talk about here is important. And if you get in the Word every day, like we're doing, we're getting in the Word every day, and we'll be building our faith on building our lives in the word of God and praying the scriptures into our life. And if we do that, and you do that day after day after day after day, week after week, month after month, you'll look back someday and you'll say, man, I'm a new person. You will become that God has made you a new creature. But as we get into his word and and believe it and obey it, we become in our daily experience what God has made us in our position. We become holy in our actual living. We need this. We need to be faithful followers of Christ every time in every age, but I think especially in light of the world we're living in today. So God bless you. Thanks for joining me. We'll see you tomorrow morning right here, 8.30 a.m. Eastern time. And until then, have a great day. Bye-bye. All right, good. Um, now when do you, when do you have car ride? Uh, 11.30.